vacation to Troy, New York. <laughs> and they say, where's that? Uh, so what I do to get my friends to come on vacation and see me is I tell them, you should come, you can stay in my parish, you can come to daily mass, we have a guest room, you can stay in the guest room directory, I'll cook you food, and you can go away. Because, uh, unless you live in the far west, you don't have hiking, but you have hiking in upstate New York. And if you live in the Midwest, you're really desperate. <laughs> and a lot of my friends are from the Midwest. Uh, so hiking is the way that I lure people to come here uh, and to hang out with me because I have no friends. Uh, so we're just going to go up the mountain a little bit on a hike this morning. And as you go up that mountain, uh, maybe it's an easy climb, maybe it's not an easy climb, but as you go up, uh, maybe there's more snow at the top than there would have been a couple of weeks ago, you get to the top and you feel the sort of sense of relief when you get to the top of the mountain uh, and the hike, the climb is over, and you look out over what's below. For you, what would you want to see? What sort of landscape do you love to see, or would you love to see? If you got to that point, what does the vista look like there? I would prefer not to see snow, actually. I went to Grafton Lake State Park. You may or may not know this, you probably do. There's this beautiful uh, watchtower that's, I don't know, the last remaining fire watchtower somewhere, I don't know, Mexico County or something. And if you climb up to the top, you can see three states from it. Uh, because it looks out so far, and I went in the summer, it was beautiful and green. I would love to see that at the top of the vista, at the top of the climb. Three different states, beautiful fall trees. <clears throat> when the scriptures say, come let us climb the mountain of the Lord, like Isaiah says today, it's an invitation to us to wonder, what does that vista look like at the top of the mountain of the Lord? And the scriptures say, Isaiah says, that that vista looks like this. All nations shall stream toward it. Many shall come and say, not just the Jewish people, all nations. Come, let us climb the mountain of the Lord. And there they shall eat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. The instrument of their violence and their power will become weapons of simplicity and of peace. Elsewhere in Isaiah, he says, there will be no more harm or ruin on my holy mountain. For knowledge of the earth, knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth as water covers the sea. This promise that at the top of the mountain of the Lord, the vista that you can see is total peace, an end to national conflict, to family conflict, to inner conflict. Well, if that's what's promised, if that's what God's promised, there's one question. Where is that? Where is that peace that God is promising that he says is at the top of the vista? Here are some beautiful words about the longing for that peace and the frustration 
that can come about when we want that peace, and it's not offered. This is a writer speaking about these promises from the prophets. It was as if a voice from among the people would challenge the prophets' peace. How much longer are you going to keep us in suspense? You are always foretelling a peace that is never realized. You promise a world of good, but trouble on trouble comes. At various times in the past and in various different ways, this same hope was fostered by angels among our ancestors, who in turn have passed the tidings on to us. Peace, peace, they say, but there is no peace. For how shall I any longer put my trust in God's dear words? It is necessary now that these words be vindicated by action. If those men, the prophets, are God's envoys, let them prove the truth of their words by his own advent, so that the keynote of his predictions is coming. Because unless he comes, those prophets can do nothing. Those words, maybe they echo in an even better way than we could our own longing for God to come to stop promising peace and to actually give it. Those words were written 900 years ago by a monk, Bernard of Clairvaux, uh, who lived in France. And this longing that we have is for just what he says, God's advent. The season we celebrate now, a word that means his coming among us. Advent is not what happens when there are so many Christmas ads and you need to bed. That's not what Advent is. Advent is the preparation in God's presence even now in his coming among us. This Advent, this season, is a time when God wants to prompt a deeper longing within us. Maybe a more generous longing. For his kingdom, for his presence in our lives, we have in our Christian spiritual tradition a word, acedia, A-C-E-D-I-A, which sort of translates to sloth, but sloth is a really good word for it. And acedia is a disposition we have when we're presented with the good. But something that is good for us is beneficial, will draw us more deeply into who we're supposed to be, and we look back and we're sad. Because it's hard. The CEO is the disposition of sadness at the good. So, you know, it would be great for me to go for a run. It would be great to eat my vegetables. It's hard. <laughs> I don't want to do that. But we're talking about something a lot deeper than just going for a run. We're talking about God, who is our ultimate good, the one for whom, whether we realize it or don't realize it, our hearts and our whole beings long. Our scriptures talk about today being asleep. People who are so caught up in everything that they're doing in the moment, but maybe not really in the moment, that they're not ready for the moment the Lord's time when he approaches that. And the opposite of the sleep, the 
scriptures say, this is obvious, is awake. The opposite of the sea, the sadness, and the good, the opposite of sloth isn't action. It's not doing more and more and more. The opposite of the sedia is joy. Joy is the fruit of choosing what's good. It's the fruit of accepting the God who is trying to romance us in every moment. And so, if we're going to choose the good, if we're not going to be sad at choosing the good, we have to make choices. And so the question is, what are going to be our practices in Advent that open us to the Lord who is coming, is going to come, but is coming right now, in every moment, into our lives? It could look like service. We could go down for an afternoon to Unity House, to the Aurora Center. You could show up on a Saturday morning to our food pantry run by Mission Our Lady of the Snow in Grafton. Uh, it's open at 10 a.m. on Saturday. You could just show up and help. It could be coming to Mass during the week, or if it's really hard for your family to get to Mass on the weekends and you're not making it every Sunday, to say this afternoon, hey, we're going to book it. We're just going to say, every Sunday before Christmas, we're going to Mass together. We're going to do it. Put it on the calendar. In a couple of weeks, we'll have an opportunity for reconciliation as a community here. I think it's going to be on a Wednesday night. There'll be upcoming announcements about that. Could mean taking an opportunity to come to the sacrament of reconciliation. It's been a while. It could mean taking a little bit of silence away from social media and technology to have a space to pay attention to other people. It could mean taking your social media and using it for something you don't usually use it for. Or maybe you do, which is great. Uh, not using it for distraction or to fill up the void when you feel empty or alone, um, but just reach out once a day and take your social media and say, I'm going to use this to send an encouraging message to someone. But the practice that ultimately forms us in the deepest way for Adam is this. You'll notice in the way this church is laid out, the way it's built, this altar platform is elevated. That's not so that you can see the homes. That's not what it's for. It's so that you can see the altar. And what we do when we come to the Mass, when we celebrate the Eucharist, and when we receive the Eucharist, is that this platform, which is not too much raised, is supposed to be a little bit like a mountain. Something that you climb, that you ascend because at the top, in the Eucharist, there is a vista better than any other. And this Eucharist is meant to reshape and reform our lives, not to be centered on myself, 
total self-giving love. The kind of total self-giving love that God cries out to us with. So let's enter into Advent.